Hello and welcome to The A-List, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm Tom Chrisman, Chief Creative Officer at DeMassimo Goldstein, an inspiring action agency in New York City. Today, I get to talk to Gerard Caputo, Chief Creative Officer at Bartle, Bogle, and Hagerty, otherwise known as BBH, in New York City. I've known Gerard since the 1900s. No, it was 2006 when I worked at uh, BBDO, 2007, something like that. Um, anyway, he's a great guy, has really been at all the agencies. We talk about uh, Fallon in Minneapolis. We talk about Mullen in Boston. And he went down to Miami for a bit to work at Crispin. So he's been all over the place and has a lot of great insights into the mistakes he made and the, the kind of struggles he's had throughout. So I think it's going to be an interesting episode for you guys. But first, I need to tell you about Ad House Advertising School. Have you heard of this? Advertising Age called Ad House New York's newest, smallest, and arguably hippest ad school. And their philosophy is that an ad class is only as relevant as the professional who teaches it. Ad House classes are taught by the best in the business. I'm talking Paul Fix. You got your uh, Cash Shree over there. Every year it's different people and they're all A-listers. And you get 10 classes, 10 weeks of classes for just 600 bucks. So you can apply at adhousenyc.com. And for the latest news, follow AdHouseNYC on Facebook, and you'll be in those classes uh, whenever you sign up there. So uh, without further ado, now here's my conversation with Gerard Caputo. Hey, Gerard Caputo. Hi, Tom. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having me. Uh, <laughs> we practiced that. Okay. Um, the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, you are now at BBH. You're the chief creative officer over there. Yes. Uh, running the black sheep uh, in America. Uh, but where did you where did you start off? Where, where did you grow up? Yeah, so uh, I grew up 12 miles away, roughly, in Little Falls, New Jersey. Ah. Uh, which most people know Montclair, New Jersey. So I was like the town next to it that pays less taxes. Mm -hmm. um, but... Uh, yeah, I grew up there, um, and it was good because I kind of got like exposure to Manhattan, but I didn't like didn't live here. In the, in the '80s, how often did you come in? Like, my parents, with your family, like, or? yeah, like pretty often because my my I actually uh, I just, my stepdad worked. He still does. He works on Madison Avenue. Oh, cool! Not in our business, in a different business, but uh, and my parents are members of like this. There used to be like this thing in the, in the World Trade Center. Yeah. It was called like Windows on the World. Sure. And I guess it was like a little club you can join and go Restaurant, have dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like so we used to go. To Windows on the World. Yeah. For like dinner on first like special occasions and yeah. stuff. So, um, but uh, yeah, it was, you know. So that was what you, uh, what did I he do? I grew up like in what the shadow you... of Manhattan basically. Yeah. yeah you know? So did I. Uh, yeah. What is your, what is your uh, stepdad, what does he do on Madison Avenue? He does like businessy stuff, but he basically, actually, you know, the thing that he, the company he had, or he doesn't like have it, he kind of runs it and stuff. Yeah. Basically, it was ahead of its time. It was called Worldwide Business Center. It's basically like a WeWork. Oh, right. But like for, but for like businessmen from like the 70s yeah. and 80s. Yeah. So it's, it's so I would say it's fairly. Smoke. <laughs> not anymore, uh, but probably at one womanizing. point. womanizing. <laughs> what else? I don't even know if there's anyone in there anymore to do anything, but um, it's, it's a little dated, but I think I. You know, it's funny how all this stuff came up. I was like, "Wow, you're like ahead of your time." Yeah. You know? um, but uh, but I think um, basically, if you had like 
you know, if you if you had a, an office or if you had like a business, you could go in there and they provide all the services. Yeah. So it's like you worked out of there. Right. You had a you know administration. You had all those things. Also at, like FedEx uh, FedEx office. Yeah. Remember working on that together? Yeah. We yeah. worked together the, at BBDO. Yes. For a, a short short while, playing yeah. poker and things yeah. with uh, Eric Silver. Yeah, a lot of video games. A lot of video work. games during yeah. work. Those were the days. Yeah, but People, I we don't uh, have time for that anymore. I grew. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up over there. You grew um, up in Little Falls, and what yeah. what do you? So, you're, what did your mom do, and how did you? Yeah, like, my mom. Start to... Oh, my parents. Uh, my parents are divorced. So, uh, and then um, so my mom was a school teacher. Um, for like 40 something years in Newark, New Jersey. English is a second language. Oh, nice. So basically- What school? It was called Dr. Horton something. It was uh -huh. like fairly rough, uh, I'd say. Um, but uh, she did it um, and then she, so my, my parents got divorced. I have an old brother who's eight years older, but I was probably, you know, I was like six, he was like 14. My, my mom had to kind of take care of us. So she started doing real estate after. Uh -huh. uh, School, so she was doing two things to kind of keep us going, and I was sort of like a what they call a latchkey latch kid, kid, yeah, you know, of the eighties. So, so you know how to make an Elio's pizza like nobody's definitely. business. Definitely, yes, yes, uh, and uh, it's exactly like the type of thing I would do. I'd come yeah, yeah. home, let myself in, make something to eat, you know, and Turn I would on watch Phineas and Ferb, and I'd be watching TV, and watching Gilligan's good. Island, all the reruns, yeah. cartoons, yeah. and I'd like you know, and because my brother was a bit older. I was almost like a lonely child. Not a lonely right. child, but like a only child. You were like, like was an a only bit child. lonely. Yeah. yeah like yeah. um Was he still in the house and, or had he moved out? Uh no, no, he was still there, but then he had I mean he had a job you know, I was and ten stuff. and then he yeah. was in college, you know. Oh, wow. So it was like, you know, it was still uh Yeah. Um but but my mom I met my stepdad, it was great. And but I think he didn't have any kids, so it was sort of like He's a great person, but he wasn't like a father figure. He was a great provider, great ex role model, example. Right. But More my like mom was the one who like hands-on yeah. like raised me. Right. You know, um, and she was very creative, you know, because she was, a, 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 you know, she's, she still does Teacher. real estate. She still runs around doing that. Yeah. Um, but she, you know, but it was, uh, you know, I was very close to my mom, yeah. uh, you know, growing up. And, um, but it was... Yeah, it was it was good. It was good. And would she give you? Uh, how did you get into creativity? Was it was it the like myself? Like you had a lot of time and like you. Yeah. We didn't have the internet back then, so you had to like make stuff up. Yeah, and it was like in that, your head. You just yeah. called imagination. Imagination. So yeah. yeah, the 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 entertainment often came out of your mind. You didn't go find it. You know, right. It wasn't available to you. Whatever you know, whatever. And I think in a good way, it wasn't whatever you wanted. You couldn't just drum up. Can you imagine? You had to be. You had to be forced to kind of watch things that were from three decades ago up yeah. until now. So, and, you know, and plus all the commercials, I mean, yeah. you know, um, and, you know, I really found it, I was really lost in it all. I mean, I had like, you know, and I played with all the you know, Transformers and GI Joes and, sure. and all those things. And, um, and I'm sure there's an equivalent of that today. I don't have kids, but I'm sure there's definitely like, you know, um, but it was just, it was a bit different. You didn't have a lot of choice. You know, right. you, you made with, do with what was there. You, you didn't know? have a lot of choice in entertainment, but you did have like endless choice in how to spend your time and where to go. Yeah. And, so yeah. what did you do? Would you, would you play outside with the other kids? Would you? Would yeah. You I mean, I would of? go, you know, um, mostly like, yeah, there was like woods near my house. So I'd yeah. go around, you know, rummaging through the woods or, yeah. you know, I had a bike I'd ride around and fall off of on occasion. And, sure. uh, you know, but, um, but I was home a lot inside, like, you know, 
watching TV and 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 so you know, getting getting the story like because we're you know storytellers and yeah so the the idea of story got sort of burned into your brain like a twenty eight minute yeah yeah I, minute, I mean every commercial uh, that would come on arc. I would uh, and sometimes my cousin uh, Stephanie would join me in this we would like literally like mimic the commercial next to the TV. Oh, right. And my grandmother would yell at us to stop. That meant we were like watching too much TV. <laughs> yes. She was right. Um, but- uh, Yeah, we both so... wear glasses because of that. <laughs> yeah. We were too, we were yeah. too close to yeah, the I TV. Don't, yeah, these were just, out. yeah, these, it just burned into my head. But yeah. no, I would do all the normal stuff, you know. Um, and, uh, but I really was, I was, I was shy. You know, I was really yeah. shy. I was, uh, like I said, it was like a little bit lonely. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but it wasn't. But I was happy in my kind of little world, you yeah. know. I think. Um, and uh, and would you would you did you draw? Did you write? When did you start getting creative? At what point? I think you know. I I was probably so. I would say what actually brought it out was I went to. Um, so because my mom being an educator, I was in public school up until high school, mm-hmm. and I ended up going you know test testing getting into this private school in Montclair. Which which it was one? called uh, Montclair Kimberly Academy. Yes. Yeah, we so, know all about that. Um, we, so, we like to kick their ass in uh, soccer. Yeah, yeah, Columbia, I'm sure. I played on the School. hockey team. We got our asses kicked yeah. like unbelievably. They're actually very good. Um, now they're good. Yeah, I'd like that, to kick their. Now ass. that I'm not on Sorry. the team, but like, um, <laughs> but uh, so what I had it I actually was like kind of like I would say top of my class in public school. Right. Yeah. And then I went oh. to this private school, and it was like I was like blown away. I was like. Not even average. Yeah. Um, and these kids were way more sophisticated than me. Was that like, were you immediately like, oh my God, mom, you got to put me back Get me in out public. of here. Really? Yeah. Uh, I was in shock. I like, yeah. uh, um, it was, un- I mean, it was a really hard adjustment for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, so- I got through it, you know. I yeah. ended up getting through. It. Obviously, I went there, and um, but the thing was, it was it was interesting to go so early on in my life from thinking I had like, you know, I was like, oh, I'm I know how things cut with yeah. an eighth grader, whether the hell they know, but like, but just this the shock of being like, you're really not that special, yeah. And there's so much in more fact, to the world, and <laughs> yeah. then we need you know, to give you then, a little help here, yeah, yeah. yeah. So and it, and so I remember with the first thing, uh, so you know, but we were doing like critical reading. And and writing early on, like in yeah. ninth grade, so I we did a thing where we would go. We went to like this uh, factory in Patterson that was like broken down, yeah. and we had to do we had to take photos, we had to develop the photos, and then write haiku to the photos, and that was like a that was like a type of project that we would be doing, yeah. um, you know. Or uh, we had to, I had to do I had to do things like write um, for like the Gettysburg um, prisons you know, from the Gettys from the Civil War. Right, right, right. You had to do like you had to write a, an essay condemning it, okay. and then an essay defending the the the, the like the war camp. Right, and right. it was this crazy thing. Where they, they always force you to see like two sides of yeah, something, yeah. or um, you know, it was just it was a more of an art. It definitely pushed you into the arts. So even if you kind of weren't artistically inclined, you were still doing stuff. So I would take, I took a lot of photography for like the, the school paper, did some right. things like that. Um, and I think I just had a, like a lot of energy and stuff too that I would kind of um, put, I was probably, I went through a period of having quite a bit of an attitude. Right. You know, uh, Is that, that because phase. you were in that, you, There's a lot you of were angst like the around new kid the thing. in school and you were yeah, like, Yeah, I, I think you just sort of like, you didn't know what and, to do with it. You yeah. know, you didn't know what to do with it. So, um, which I think early on in my advertising career, I had a, bit of it too, which yeah. I, you know, the industry slowly 
we'll work that out <laughs> yeah. of you. It'll um, it'll be yeah. Or if you don't, it, you'll be done. You know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but so yeah, but it, it was interesting. And then when I went to college. I had like no problem like adjusting. Yeah. I right. already did it. You're like I you did know? this for and I had a lot of the classes and stuff. You know. So and so at what point were you like, hey, this this uh, so photography was your thing, and you were it sort was of like, like a thing. I was just sort of yeah. I was like, play. no. I what did you think you were going to be when you were? When you were grown up with your white picket fence, I wasn't really sure. You know, yeah. I wasn't really sure, and I think even like I was always a bit of a question mark to my family. I think they were like kind of like he's just who knows what he's going to do. And I didn't really know. I think, but what happened was when I went to college, um, where'd you go? Boston University. Okay. Um, and I, uh, I was thinking I want to go into film. Right. Yeah, because like you know, why? I mean, I just love you know, I was really into that, and I started to kind of. When I started exploring that, and I'd kind of gotten a lot of like my requirements and all that stuff out of the way, so I kind of had was a little bit more free in my past last two years to uh-huh. explore. I wasn't enamored with. I didn't think I had a good chance of being successful at it. And right. Who knows? Who knew that I would have? Who would think you have a chance of being successful at this? I don't know, but right. like that, I didn't. And the 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 curriculum and the teachers felt very negative to me. Right. And it was just before like digital. So you're doing like these like right. kind of reel to reel like editing and oops sorry I hit the microphone yeah. I was doing a reel to reel motion yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I am Italian from New Jersey yeah, so that yeah, happens yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, or on a steam back you know we had the different tracks and th- you know the things like that so it just it I, I wasn't confident so then what happened was I started taking some advertising classes yeah a woman from Mullen comes in because I was up in Boston yeah to to show she was the head of production she showed us commercials do you remember who it was I, f- I forgot her name honestly yeah. this is like now yeah this is like 1994 or something yeah <laughs> Jeez. I think Allison so was her first name you're so young um yeah uh so I was like huh all right so I go up after her I like could I be your intern really yeah and what she goes, made you do that I don't know, desperation. I'm like, what am I going to do with my but life? But did you know from someone, did someone else in your life say, hey, you should go and ask that person? Were people in the class saying, I'm going to ask her no. for an internship? You just Yeah, I don't know. Do and it's not like me to do that. Yeah. Um, I just was really, you know, I think I just saw something like I could, that looks cool. That looks to cool. Do, it's you filmmaking. Know? Were the and- commercials any good? I don't know. I don't probably, you know, no. But yeah. like, I wouldn't know that. I mean, I yeah. didn't care. I, yeah. I think I just was like, that looks cool. Uh, I'm approaching the real world. Yeah. Um, I like film. I yeah. like storytelling. I like commercials and stuff, you know? So um, So that was the well, moment. Yeah. So, it was, but the thing was, so I did end up being her, I ended up getting an internship there and it was more of like a general thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I basically at the end of the internship, and this, I was, my, I took it during my last semester of college. They come to me and they said, or uh, they were, we were leaving. They're like, "Hey, um, we can, you know, give you a job." And I was like, "Fuck yeah, okay, yeah." Uh, and they're like, "But here's the thing. Um, now this is a very different time. So this is '96. Yeah, we don't have junior creatives right. here. Right. Junior creatives are not up to the standards of our clients. Deserve mid-level." you know, premium talent, you right. know, type of thing. Right. I was like, okay, so what, like, what's the job? It was an assistant account executive. That okay. was the job. All right. Um, paid 18000 a year. And, and at the time too, like I wasn't familiar with like ad schools weren't really, like they were kind of starting. There was one in Atlanta. Right. To me, I was like, well, get in the business. Sure. And then figure it out. Like why would yeah. I, and I'm going to get paid to be there. Yeah. 
Um, so so you said I yes. took it. I took a. I yeah. took this. You know, I think the job was like more like administrative. It wasn't like I was like yeah. they didn't trust me with anything yeah. significant. You were like a, probably a, taking notes on meetings and yeah. Uh, and I had to file these like media buys had like purchase order books and right. things. So I had yeah. like organize those and right. it was a mess. So then. Uh, <laughs> But what I did is I was like, you know, what? so yeah, I'm going to work yeah. on my book while I have this job. And it's uh-huh. like, and so this guy in the studio, and back then too, to get a Mac was like a big deal. Right. Like. Yeah. I remember so, that. And but the other thing, like, probably, ooh, but the other problem was the the thing, there were no other, so instead of junior creatives, right. there's no one to work on your book with. Right. Like there's no one that's doing what I'm doing there. Yeah. Um, and. But were the, were the other creatives, were the sort of higher up creatives or the mid-level creatives, were they. Did you think of going to them or were there, mm-hmm. was there anybody there that you sort of- Yeah, really... I used to like kind of stalk these two guys, Chris Lang and Michael Hart, who I became good friends with. They have Mono Chris now. What? Chris Lang and, and Michael Hart. Chris Lang and Michael Hart. They have the agency Mono in Minneapolis now. And I was um, going to say they have Mono now. Wow. They should really take some drugs. Yeah. Uh, it's it's uh, right. It hasn't gone away. Chris Lang and but, Michael Hart. Yeah, they're Hart. great. I mean, they're like, they're, they're brilliant. Um, and- uh, and then um, what I, so this guy so in the would, studio, yeah. when they used to have like a studio in yeah. like the, uh, he said, you can use my computer after I go home. So what I would do is after I finished my assistant AE job, mm-hmm. I would go and work on my portfolio until like- On his uh, on Quark his Mac. Express. Yeah. And, and like I had to teach myself Quark, yeah. Photoshop. I mean, and I was, and I was writing and art directing my book because I really didn't have anyone to work on it with. Yeah. So um, where were you getting your? I was just assignments. I was scouring. Um, actually, Chris and Mike gave me a couple of assignments. Oh, cool. I picked like Fender Stratocaster guitar. Yeah, that's you know, a good like, one. Yeah, you know, the typical like you know ads. Sure. <laughs> school Crazy assignments. Glue. I gave myself. I remember they. Yeah, and like I remember like the Beatle campaign was like it hadn't come out yet, but there was like concept photos of the Beatle. Then, yeah. so I like did my own Beatle campaign, okay, which wasn't nearly as good as the Beatle campaign yeah. that Arnold did, but like, yeah. but I was kind of, I was working on it. So I'd be there till like really late at night. And then Mullen used to be on this estate in the woods mm. up in like this like mansion kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. And leaving that place at like 1am was like the most horrifying. Right. Like it was all dark. Movie. I'm like, where's my Jetta? I got to find my Jetta in the darkness and like yeah. um, the whole thing. So, but anyway, I would do that. And then eventually though, my parents did help me get a, what they call a power computing Mac clone, which was basically, actually Apple bought this company and just put it out of business. Right. It was a beige box that ran the Mac software. And then Mullen hooked me up with the program. So finally my studio apartment in Salem, by the way, my girlfriend had moved away. My friends from college have all moved away. I'm like, it was another like kind of lonely existence. Luckily my friend Bob would come visit me and my girlfriend would come visit me where I'd go home, whatever on on weekends and stuff. But like, so then I got my finally got my uh, my little power computing beige box in my little studio apartment yeah. in Salem, where I would just continue to work on my book. Yeah. And eventually, uh, my, so I had this this guy Bruce Gold was the account director on the uh, whatever I work you know whatever the stuff I did. Yeah. And he calls me to his office one day and he goes, um, "Hey, so uh, Joe and Joe was like the head of all the the agency accounts and stuff." And he goes. So Joe wants to fire you. And I was like, okay. And he says, Joe. Why does Joe want to fire you? Doesn't like the way you walk. Oh. And I was like, all right. He goes, he doesn't think you walk with a purpose. And I was like, okay. He goes, yeah, he doesn't think you have the fire in the belly. 
And, and I think that's like an account person term, like fire in the belly. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like hustle, you know, whatever. Yeah. So you were dragging and, your and, ass and, around mowing, thinking yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody's looking at me. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, oh, and I said, I get it. You know, like, I really want to be like a creative and I'm, it made sense to me. I got it. Yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have the fire in the belly for the yeah. account stuff. Yeah. But, you know, it was, they, they Still were great. They were great that. to give me, give, let me be there, you know? Right. So, so I, and he goes, oh, you're working on a book. And I was like, yeah. He goes, well, let me see it. And I was like, okay. So I, my mom bought me like one of those like portfolio cases from yeah. the, like yeah. the, the zipper that went all the way around. Yeah, it was a square and... box one, you know, Ooh, one of those with the clip, with like the, a latch yeah, like a suitcase. So I had that and I went and like printed and mounted whatever I had. Which was not. So you much. had to do this. You didn't have it all printed and mounted. No, yet. no, I had to go put it all together. Laminated. And stuff. I wasn't expecting to have this like yeah. amazing, you know, opportunity. Right. Uh, <laughs> Which is great that you saw it that way. Did you see it that way, or were you like, "Fuck this guy"? Or, no, no, uh, and it wasn't like that. I, 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 I was. I did appreciate being there. I mean, yeah. um, but it was hard. I, it, it, I think everyone has such a different like way in i think it's why it's so good you ask these questions because yeah. everyone is such a different way in yeah, and I think yeah that's one thing that is unique to everybody how you kind of get started yeah. and who helps you yeah and where you kind of find those little ledges to sort of grab onto right. and pull yourself up and so this was so basically then he brings me he's like okay so i bring it in and then he i guess he um brought it to paul silverman who was used to be the the lead head creative guy of mullen i don't know if you remember him but yeah, he was a, I remember he name. was sort of a um very, you know, like a great ad writer. He wrote, mm -hmm. you know, these great ad campaigns, long copy. He was like a kind of like a, I looked at him as like kind of like a guru, um, very like sage-like or something. Yeah. And um, I really- So he brought I mean, them to him. He didn't, he, you didn't go meet Paul. No, so no. Then. And then I go, so then I get, Paul calls me into his office one day Ooh. and he's got my portfolio, these like, you know, things printed out. He's looking, he goes, I don't know. <laughs> That's a, I don't so, know. So, so you get a you get a, a, a receptionist or somebody calls you and says you come down to Paul's office. Yeah, Are but you, I knew him because I was in like right. It's you've like been if, in meetings with him. It's and, as if you know like a like a junior account person sure, that's sure. around the place, and you're like, oh, yeah. you're you know whatever. Yeah. So. And hey, he, Paul wants to talk to you. So, so you he's like, there. I don't know what to do with with this. I mean, we don't really have juniors, but I don't know. All right, let me just let me try and figure something out. So then. I was like, all right, wow, like just you know, and I got it because I didn't really have it wasn't all there, you know. But are you at this point? Are you freaked out and are you looking everywhere for another job? No, and you're, <laughs> of course you weren't. <laughs> I mean, I you know because I yeah. actually didn't even know where to start. You're just like ah. They used to, I did find this book though in the agency that um, yeah. it was a big I forgot what it was called but it had all the ad agencies in it. Yeah, and you you can like thumb through it. Yeah. Um, it's a black book. Or it was like a big red, like red, almost book. like a phone book, but it had yeah. all the agencies that listed okay. their accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I'd start looking through that and right. seeing like what, you know. Okay. Um, anyway, so he he calls me back in a couple of days and then he goes, so there was this guy there, Greg Boker. Yeah. Uh, now, coincidentally, Chris and Mike, they worked in their group. So yeah. obviously they were, luckily yeah. the creators there were, they were, there were, a, they were helping little, me. And then. Yeah. Also, I was I was very friendly with Monica Taylor and Dylan Lee, who ended up going. They did the for that monster spot with the kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. When I grow up, and they yeah. then went to Widen and Monica. I mean, they're like a mate. They're like geniuses. Oops, I hit the mic again. Um, but <laughs> Ma Monica in particular sound. is like one of the most brilliant creatives that's ever uh, yeah. ever you know been out there. Um, but anyway, so 
Greg and Jim, Greg Boker, Jim Garaventi led the group. Two super fussy, you know, like craftsmen, uh, kind of intimidating, you know, uh, creatives, you know. Yeah. And so basically, he's like, "You're going to work for Greg. You're going to be uh, a, an assistant or associate art director for him. You're going to do everything he doesn't have time to do." They, I didn't pick art director. They right. picked it for me. I'm like, yeah. okay. Because, you know, and first of all, he's like a very like persnickety, like, yeah. like and I don't, I taught myself quirk. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, what, <laughs> what am I going to do? So, um, but it was great. I mean, so it was like you, such a. You, what yeah. do you chalk that up to? What, what's the lesson to take from luck, that? Is like. Luck, they liked me. But be nice to people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think I had them? a lot of like. I had a lot of and enthusiasm. don't walk around like a know? schlub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> serious. Or do that. I mean, do that in the in the do right that, circumstances. Do that, but be working on yeah, your book yeah. at the same time. So you worked on your book. That's what I see. You worked on your book yeah. the second you got there. You didn't wait until somebody said, hey, he wants to fire you to be like, I should work on my book. No, like, yeah, you were yeah. doing that. So you were working on it. I you, was very driven to do that. I, every do night, it. I just cranked on it. Yeah. So when the opportunity came, you were ready. I wasn't ready, but I had enough for them to see. Okay, yeah. he knows. Well, you're never ready. Yeah, you know, and um, it was, you know, it, and it was, it was. We're talking print ads then. You yeah. know what I mean? So sure. it's not like, you know, we didn't need whatever you need now. You know, all this stuff. Or I still think you only really need fundamentals. Uh, I think but, a yeah, young like, person, a print ad or something equivalent, is probably the best fundamentals. Showing yeah, off fundamentals. Yeah, showing yeah. off the ability and to good write attitude. A and, and I, th I think I had something in that. That they saw enough of and small investment. You so know what you I mean? said yes, and then and then what was your life like after that? So then you know I I did a couple things. I actually worked with uh, Jim Elliott on a ad for uh, a, like a it was called like the Speed Network or something. Mm -hmm. It was like all about like racing boats and stuff. Right. That was the first one of the first things I did, which was cool because he's a I don't know he's a great yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, Basically, basically, they came to me and they said, "Hey, we have this Swiss Army thing," and I ended up working on a. They gave it was sort of like a, it was a knife and it had a toothpick coming out. It's a toothpick question mark, and then there was like a corn crate like label next to it. Right. And I brought them back like an eaten ear of corn with like this like label diagram of a toothpick coming out of like a Swiss Army knife. Right. And then Greg says, "Oh, okay." Give me more of those. So then I went and thought of more of those. We did this like Swiss Army little yeah. campaign that, and then I worked awards, on it. Right? That got in. That it did, got luckily, in yeah. I mean, it was kind of like you know, um, and then I worked on some LL Bean campaigns for him, and then um, so they basically then they said, okay, you're we're gonna get you your own partner because that was the deal. It was like do enough, then we'll eventually get your own partner. So I got to finally hire my own partner. Oh wow! Or, and which was really exciting for me. So. Um, but I, it was hard because um, all the books I was getting were like these like frat dudes from Boston. Right. And I just was not into it, except for um, there was a woman, her name's Susan Corbo, it was Susan Ebling then. Mm -hmm. And I just thought she had such a great voice, like mm -hmm. her writing, and she's a great person too. Mm -hmm. um, and so she agreed to come be my partner. And then we worked uh, for a while together there. Um, and I, we did our own campaigns for uh, another Swiss Army, another LL Bean, um, and kind of kept doing that. And then eventually, um, you know, Chris and Mike had left. They had gone to Fallon yeah. in uh, in Minneapolis. Right. 
And so I was interviewing, actually, I decided I was going to, I wanted to maybe come back to New York. So I interviewed Jamie Barrett in Fallon, New York. Right. He said to me, it was, yeah, I'd like to hire you. I don't know what you're going to do because I think the office was sort of going through a weird moment at that time. Yeah. And then um, I ended up getting an interview at Fallon in Minneapolis. And um, uh, I took a pay cut and went there. <laughs> because you wanted to work for those guys and you wanted to work for Fallon. Yeah, I mean, I didn't work with Chris and Mike. They were just there, but I went. Yeah, and I remember it was inter- just you, so you didn't have to, like, worry about moving the family. Yeah, so yeah like, right. Let's and just do it. I was like, where am I going? I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and my parents were like, can't you do advertising in New York? Yeah. Is it possible? Yeah. I was like, well, no. I've this, heard but, there are some agencies. But at, at the time, like, Fallon was, like, the best yeah. agency in yeah. the country. Like, yeah. the Swedes were there. They had just done, like, the Miller Lite stuff, which made me, like— really want to be in this business. Right. Um, all that stuff. Bob Barry, Dean Buckhorn, Dean Hansen, yeah. Tom Lichtenheld, Peter McHugh, uh, Chris and Mike, who I very much admire. Lou Bars was just, they just had kind of just gotten there and was running the the, the place. Yeah. Um, the design group they had there was unbelievable. Duffy Design. Yeah. Um, guy from Boston, Scott O'Leary, was a great you know guy. I, I really admired him because I knew some of his work from Boston. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, you know, there were probably more people that I'm probably not remembering, but were, you know, which were, who were really good. Yeah. And I remember, so I, I, I couldn't believe I got in there. Um, and, uh, I remember being on the plane flying and I just had like this, like kind of anxiety attack. Cause I'm like flying there by myself. Yeah. Um, my and girlfriend had broken to... up with me, so I didn't have to worry about that at yeah. that point. Yeah. Um, so I was, uh, but I was like, so I was really intimidated. And I remember getting there and just seeing they had a floor plan seat of all the offices. They all went around the perimeter. Everyone had their name on. And I had this little like weird office. It was like this wedge. It was almost like, I think it was supposed to be like something that you're not supposed to put a person in it. Right. Anyway, they put me in it. Yeah. And I remember seeing my name on the sheet with all these other names that I had been just like, and back then like creatives were sort of known. Creatives. Yeah, yeah. They, they didn't put creative directors on awards then. Right. So it was like cool to just be a creative and do good work. Yeah. Then they started putting the creative directors on the awards and it became a big deal to be a creative director because you right. can get the glory and all the rest of right. it. Right, yeah, yeah, It used yeah. to be a trade-off. You used to be a creative. Yeah. And then, you know, get 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 the credibility and the creative directors did it. Yeah. Till they so you fixed saw it. all these names on there. But yeah, so like, I, knew, the, you knew, I knew these, these people. I knew these yeah. individuals, you know. I didn't know them yeah. personally. but And I couldn't believe my name was in there with yeah. them on a sheet of paper. I wish yeah. I kept that thing, you know? That's the other thing that it sort of uh, reminds me of that it's it's hard. It would be hard, I think, now to to know who's doing what because we don't have the books and we don't have, yeah. the, you know, it's. I, I guess we still have the books, but but I studied. I as, really studied it. I it's mean, it's not I, a yeah. study. I don't yeah. know. Maybe maybe younger people do study it, uh, but to know who's good at all the places like yeah. you would not have known to go to Fallon if you didn't know that these two guys went there and you know so keeping up with that kind of thing is important yeah. uh, but you were intimidated and and what were you thinking were you like I don't I don't really deserve to be yeah. here I'm, I'm gonna fuck this up or I you know uh and just moving somewhere alone I'd never yeah. been uh even though I did know Chris and Mike they had their own lives and stuff so it wasn't sure. like I wasn't gonna like you know <laughs> bug them all you the can't time. just come home with them no. yeah so i mean and the first six months were rough i was they were very like yeah. you know lonely was it winter uh yeah I, well that was the other thing too like everyone's laughing at me. i literally moved there in october of 2000 uh, uh, 
Um, so, uh, yeah, the right in time for like late October. So I was there for that. But eventually I ended up having a great time. I, yeah. you, know, you found your groove. I found some friends and yeah. you know, you, a lot of some people that, you know, um, you know, and it was, it was like an unbelievable time. Um, what are some tips for, uh, shit, I hit the mic this time. Uh, what are some tips for people moving to other cities so young? Like what would you, what would you have done differently now? Or what, what did you do that, what did you figure out? I don't, I don't know if I really figured out anything. I think I just was just patient and kind of found the people that, you know, uh, go to the ad parties, I guess. Yeah. I didn't really do, I mean, they didn't really have them there really. It was Fallon. It was like a few agencies. Um, but I didn't go to any of the real ad parties. I think I just sort of like over time, I just sort of found who I got along with. I became friends with a few of the people that work there, not necessarily in the crate department, other departments. Cause you know, um, and, uh, there was, you know, just some fun people. I just found the people that I just jived with. It just took a little bit of time. Yeah. Um, and uh, and did your partner go with you? No. Uh, uh, Monica. T- no, no, no. no. Monica. Uh, Susan. Susan. No, she stayed. And then she ended up going to Arnold and did some really nice Volkswagen stuff. And yeah. she actually ended up working at BBH like a few years later than oh, that. Really? Yeah. So, um, but. Uh, That's no. hard to break up with a partner, though, as well. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, it was, but I think she was going to leave anyway. I think she was going right. to, I think she was actually going to go to Arnold. It kind of all happened like kind of right. like um, right. organically. I ended up working with just different people there. Um, but uh, finally, I was there for almost two years. I finally got a TV spot. Oh, wow. <laughs> it took me six years to get a TV spot. Uh-huh. Uh, this is like, what was it for? For PBS. Um, and I worked on this guy, Mike Gibbs, and it was, uh, it was good. It was fun. Um, and Alfonso Caron directed it, which was like wow. kind of crazy. <laughs> wow! But um, is this the one with Big Bird and they're like no, uh, the no, video? no. Uh, I'm sorry. Which it was one? it was a goldfish. And it was like sort of in a bowl oh, watching right. PBS and it jumps yeah, around yeah, yeah. and ends up in it sees yeah. salmon on TV and, it, and it's it, silly. Yeah. And it ends up like jumping with the salmon yeah. at the end. I remember but, that. Uh, yeah. And I remember like I'd probably be so upset if someone did this to me now, but like. Not upset, but or less, if it came out good, I wouldn't blame him. But yeah. I showed the idea to my creative director at the time, and he's like, "I don't think it's that good, and I don't yeah. think you can like pull it off or whatever." Probably more for like practical reasons. I don't know if he meant if I couldn't, but he probably was right to think I couldn't. Yeah. But um, and then he went on vacation, and like Lou Bars was looking at our work, you know, stepping in, like, well, yeah. and I said, I so I slipped it in there. Yeah. And then he. And then he's like, oh, I like it, I like it. And I said, yeah. okay, but so-and-so said, he was like, what did I just tell you? I said, I like it, what do you yeah, want? I was yeah, like, okay. Yeah. Took it to the client and they bought it. Oh. So we're off to like make it. Uh, were you, you know? so super scared for him coming back? And For and, some uh, reason I wasn't, no. <laughs> you were uh, just like, fuck it. Yeah, I mean, did that, you, I was did, a little was bit Was there like, any repercussions? No. Okay. Um, no, he was cool he was about cool it. Guy. Yeah, like, I mean, we had a strange re- relationship. I think I, was, I think I was a pain in his ass, but he tolerated it, but- you know, uh, I was, I was, I see it in some people I work with now. Like, I see that too. What that is put, it? What is it? Just like a stubbornness and like, you know, um, you know, and I can recognize, I go, oh, you're just like I was. And yeah. I kind of, I don't, I, what I want to say is like, you know, don't alienate anybody. Don't give up, you know, like just right. see the try. It's just hard. You know, you just, you want it badly and you want to, you, right. you're pushing for what you what you believe in and you need it. And I, and I was there on a mission. I moved to Minneapolis to make great work, yeah. not to, Hang you out. know, yeah, go to First Avenue every weekend. Right, and, right. You know, like, uh, 
you know, would do whatever else we were doing. But like, yeah. I just sort of, I went there on a mission. So it yeah. wasn't like, and every, you know, um, so I took it, I was pretty driven, but. Um, Where'd you get that drive, do you think? Was it from watching people that you, that you admired? I think I just wanted to, way? I just wanted to feel like I was, I deserved to be, like I was good, you know. Right. I, I deserve to, to be there. Yeah. Not to like anyone. Cause I'm not, you know, um, because I had a lot of anxiety. I wasn't in competition, but I just like, I, I just wanted to kind of prove it to myself. I right. wanted the work. I wanted to have that experience and like yeah. to go and make stuff I felt proud of and kind of put things, you know, to do the kind of work that made advertising not feel like advertising, make it feel like it's something that was better than that, like because yeah. most of it's shit out yeah. there, and I think a lot of people see that and they say, "I could do that," and they're right because it's crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then once in a while, we do something that it pokes above what that is, and that's yeah. what I kind of live for those yeah. moments of poking through. Yeah. And I think I needed to do it enough consistently right. before I felt comfortable with myself. I'm not saying I still do, but I think I I had this really this itch to kind of feel like I, yeah, I guess maybe I pro proved myself or I don't know what it is, yeah. but um, just where I felt like, okay, I did it enough. I can almost like not relax, but be okay with myself. Right. And it never really quite happened. No, it never um, happens. Yeah. So that's, and that's what I've learned. It's, you know, it, it by doesn't, now. you never lose that sort of like, oh my God, am I going to be able to do it this time? Yeah. Feeling. Um, but you get to understand that, yes, I am going to be it. Like, that's the thing is you have to sort of have that. I feel like, uh, and this is just my opinion, but I feel like it's finding that place in yourself where you're just like, I do, I'm doing the best I can. This is, this is, this is my best. Yeah. And every single moment doing your best and learning from when you mess up or when you don't make it. Um, and I think once you get okay with that, then you start to get better because I don't know. I don't know what it is. Or maybe it's just I think you just handle it better. I think you just handle it better. Right. You know, yeah. in um perspective and time and, you know, you uh you know and yeah, but then there's always the new every you know, we start over every time. Yeah. You know, we have no you know, the we're always we're always going to the black box. Yeah every time. And yeah. I think that's the hardest thing for creatives. I think it's the hardest thing for the people around us. Hardest thing for the clients is to realize like there's no boilerplate solution, right? Yeah. Like there's no like a uh, template for, you know, no, if I mean, there was, then every ad would look the same. Well, there is. And that's why those, there are people that do that yeah. or there are, and that maybe that suits a sort of thing, but for the ones that are trying to do the things. The my that, pillow, the my pillow guy. Yeah. That's a template, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, but I think. No for, offense to the my pillow guy. Maybe he'll creatives. sponsor this someday. Maybe. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so anyway, when I was there. It was great. Um, you know, they, and I was sort of like in, you know, in and around, they did the BMW films. I didn't work on that, yeah. but I got to do that. You got to see I think that. one time they're like, hey, you can work on BMW films. I'm like, really cool. Like, and they're like, yeah, so we have these review ads. We're doing an entertainment weekly. Yeah. We need someone to like put those together. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So it'd be so like right. it'd be like you know whatever like some like yeah. reviews of the things whatever it was it was cool. I always felt though like it it was such a powerful idea the thing yeah. that they did yeah um, 
And it was so interesting how it worked because the, they Describe literally- Describe a little bit about it. So for, for people- Yeah, that and, I, and it was David Carter about. and Joe Sweet. Uh, Joe Sweet, unfortunately, passed away. David Carter, they were both great guys, super talented. Um, and uh, they came up with BMW films, which were like, now it doesn't seem like a big deal, but they, they invented the titanium lion for it. Yeah. Um, but there were these long form films or short films, basically, uh, uh, for, uh, about using the cars- and telling a story on the internet yeah. it sounds like whatever, but in two thousand three, yeah, they were they were beyond ads. They were almost movies. It was entertainment. It was entertainment, and they used the media could, budget into the production budget. Yeah. Is how they paid for it, but they end up getting a lot of press and like people drawn to the to yeah. the site. The media player at the time couldn't even hold these things, so they actually the tech team at Fallon built their own media player at the time. Wow! Like this is stuff like. Pre Crispin, that Crispin kind of would do, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and so it was, it was, and they were, you know, what they were very collaborative, yeah, they were very open. Well, they and just it was, basically got the director and said, "Hey, it's got to have a BMW in it." Yeah, we, well, David uh, Carter and Joe wrote a lot. They wrote the, they wrote, they wrote them. They wrote, yeah, the they stories. wrote, yeah, they wrote the scripts. But then they obviously some of them had feedback yeah. with from the directors and sure. stuff. Actually, one of the things I had to work on was uh, they were saying, "Hey, we promised BMW like running footage from these." Um, films, yeah. which is running footage, just like the car driving along yeah. the highway. Uh-huh. So I had to like imagine what that would be by reading the script and come up with like the running footage stuff. Okay. It was like impossible. Like none of yeah. it went anywhere. It was like yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. what I but with the I think the fallout of that um, something so potent and kind of industry changing, not being really part of it, being in the other part of the of the agency is that I felt the agency like lost its identity in this big like explosive thing because it, then it was like the other clients I think felt a little almost like I like I'm Holiday Inn Express like I don't have 30 million dollars in an Ang Lee yeah, like yeah, I need yeah, to yeah. do like and I think it kind of I think it lost that they oh that's interesting I think the 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 focus got lost in sort of the wake of something so big because if right. it wasn't basically changing the industry was it worth our time now me yeah yeah I mean but you couldn't do enough you couldn't do you couldn't win enough awards or do enough good work to overcome to shine right outshine how shiny and big this was so it was kind of like huh. you, you kind of like it was kind of a net bad thing for yeah. Fallon well, I maybe think, I don't I don't think Fallon ever quite recovered yeah. from some you know and I don't know if like holding company things have anything to do with that too but sure, like sure. Or, whatever, or all the other struggles that the industry has, but but everybody from who my involved, observation got better job, got another job. Well, a lot of people left, right? Yeah, so you're yeah. losing your talent. Yeah. You're losing, and I think it. What I saw was like you know, how that's managed when something so big and potent happens is yeah. very interesting. Of what the net on the lar- on the agency at large. Could how happen. could they have maybe uh, done something to mitigate? I don't know. I I think um, I think it was more just treating everything like it mattered more and not all the focus on that thing. Right. It felt like everything was focused around that thing. Right. Um, but it does show the power of a really good new idea. Yeah. And when it, um, especially when it is so good that tech people want to build new things for it and like- I was blown away, you know, even the posters, the way they to, were designed. And, yeah. You know, like, yeah. And I, I think- it shows that a good idea is worth a lot of money and a lot of, you know, effort. Because I think you probably got, they probably got the directors for cheaper than they would have if they were just doing a car commercial. Yeah, um, I, 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 don't I don't know. know the, I don't know the, what the details were. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah. 
Yeah, no, but it was interesting. interesting. Yeah, it was interesting yeah. to be around that. Um, and, uh, you know. And then, what were uh, you working on at that time? I worked on PBS. I worked yeah. on uh, BMW. But, like, I did, like, the BM, the print ads and yeah, the things sure. that, like, you like know. Like dealer ads. Yeah, and... mostly those two things. I jumped on different pitches. Like, uh, you know, they had Nikon. They had little things. Uh, I worked on Timex watches at one point. Right. Um, but what was your plan? Is like, I'm going to get this many ads out of Fallon and then go to New York? I didn't think or, about or, it really yeah. that much, but it, I, it was more like I felt like my time was up. It was about four years. Right. And then, and Lou Bars- um, Went to BBDO. Before he went to BBDO, he pulls me aside and he had this like little room and he goes, so uh, I know you want to leave. And I, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. And he says, uh, "You're such a keen negotiator." He, he, he says, "I'm going to go to BBDO, and you're going to come with me." And I went, "Huh?" He goes, "Don't do the thinking. I'll do the thinking for you." That's <laughs> so David Lee. Yeah. And then I was like, "Okay." So and then so then a couple days later, I got a call um, uh, from um, someone at BBDO, and they yeah. sent me a, a letter, and wow. it was a, and I went. I just okay. went, and I was the second person. To, so carrot. Goodrich was the first one. Yeah. I was the second one. About six months later, Greg showed up and then yeah. the whole brigade kind of rolled on in. Yeah. And it was interesting going there. Uh, you know, I was it, there you, when you got there. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah. But you were in a little different world. You were off. I was in the La La Land of Jerry Graff's yeah, group. Yeah. I was in and, like, the, the like I would say like, I don't want to say general population. Is that the right word? But like, I was in the trenches i'd say yeah. you know um but i kind of wanted to see it because i always consider bbdo like the best of the big agencies yeah um i was and, always intimidated before i went there and then i went to work in jerry's group and i was so sheltered in that little area yeah that i didn't really feel like i was in a big agency but yeah no and i think that i was i, was I, I didn't i was struggling you know i was struggling uh in the i would say in the in the general yeah um what, and was, I, the, what was the struggle at that point like just egos or no, I just felt like, like my, I was speaking a different language, like the kind of work I wanted to do or if I was, right. you know, I, I felt like the, I wasn't really welcome there because so when you go somewhere with someone, yeah, um, especially someone who's like a big name and, you know, yeah. like like David Lubars, everyone's nice to that person. Yeah. And then you follow them. They're not. It's going to go somewhere. Their, yeah, their, yeah. their angst is going to go somewhere. Sometimes yeah. it goes on the people that. They don't have to really worry about, yeah, you know. Yeah. I'm not saying it was like that bad, but right. like, but you, it just. But you could feel that they were like, "Oh, he's one of David's yeah, people." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And um, and I, you know, they wanted David actually asked me to like run business, uh-huh. and I was like, I, I didn't want to do that. Did you know how to do that? No, and I really, I was still <laughs> wanted to. Um, I was still interested in doing the work. I just want to make oh, like so scary. I was excited to work on Mountain Dew. Yeah, or to work on yeah. some of those Pepsi. things that those cool and, and yeah. yeah, I looked at it. Like, hey, look at all the things they've got here. You <laughs> yeah, know? yeah, so, yeah, fun stuff. But it was FedEx. just it wasn't that um, uh, ease. It wasn't going to work out the way I I thought. Yeah. So what um, did you do then? Well, then I, you know, I actually did you run. Up, did you try running business? And were you like, no, oh no, God, no, no, I didn't. You just try. said no. I'm not going to do it. I just said no. I just want to do the work and stuff. And he was like, okay. I mean, he's like, he was super. Yeah, yeah. You know, nice and supportive and like. But um, I, w- I thought about leaving, though. I almost went to BBH. Okay. Uh, actually, I before I went to Fallon, I applied at BBH, but Hegarty rejected me. Ah. Oh. Um, according he, to Danny Lennon, my work wasn't quirky enough. Well, Danny, you know. 
Yeah. She will. She had a very nice way of delivering it, very direct and succinctly, yes. your rejection. Listen, um, you're terrible. <laughs> no one knows who you are. Yeah. Uh, you're we, bald, <laughs> which is which is a problem. Uh, yeah. So I tried as my second attempt at BBH, but then I, then David one day he's basically he, we had a conversation and he just said, okay, let's figure. So we never. I never said I was leaving. I never right. did. I never played that game. I just. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't necessarily leaving. I was just talking. Um, and I never really did that before either. But like, <laughs> I ended up um, getting on an assignment with Eric Silver and his group. Yeah, I remember you um, coming into the and group. I, was, I remember feeling, who's this new guy? Yeah, yeah. But I wasn't really yeah. in. I think I, I worked with um, Ari Weiss on something. Uh -huh. And I worked with Matt. Snickers. I think it was. It was. I think it was like, a, like this. I think it was like an NFL thing or something. Oh, I don't know yeah. what it was. And then we I worked Direct with TV, I maybe. worked with Mackler on something. Yeah. And um so I was leaving at that point, I think. Yeah, you were I went off to taxi. Th there were some changes. There were some people like switching in and oh, out. I, so went I, into, were, I went into Greg's group for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah did you work yeah, on yeah. eBay and all I that did. stuff? I did. Yeah, I did yeah. the eBay it stuff uh with Cappy. Yeah. No, was it with Cappy? No. Yeah. It was with uh, Brandon Mugar. No. Ruben. I think it was with Cappy. Yeah, it was with Cappy. Um, Scott so, Kaplan. Yeah. Scott Kaplan. So uh, anyway, he. So I got into. So I ended up working on something. And then Eric said, "Hey, well, you want to stay in the group?" A cup, and I was like, "Yeah, cool." You know, because it was more of like a smaller world. I was used. I, I think yeah. the BBO world is too big for me, and I just yeah. wanted to. I want to know where like like it was who, great. who am I. You know, and I respected the work going on in there. And I, yeah. you know, and I, it was, you know, FedEx and we did FedEx and monster.com and all this yeah. stuff. But I ended up, Ari had left the group. We went to Wyden and I ended up getting my partner, Ruben Hauer. Like we kind of yeah. worked him in. So he ended up, so he and I ended up working together in there. That's cool. For, uh, and he's a brilliant writer. Like, uh, and we did like monster stuff. We did FedEx, we did stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was good. Um, and then, uh, and it was overall five years, great experience of BBDO. I yeah. mean, um, Lou Bars was fun. not happy. We left. He was not happy about that. Right. Um, but I appreciate, you know, uh, the time we, you know, I, yeah. I worked for him and that he brought me there and like. Um, Is he okay with it now? I don't know. Oh. Probably not. I don't know. David. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. David, I, reach out to Gerard. <laughs> no, it's okay. And tell him you're okay. It's okay. Um, but uh, so then I, I did go to. So then I was like, at that point, I was feeling like I, need, I should probably get on, onto this creative director thing. Yeah. Um, and it's always a weird step. So that was never a thing that you were like, I got to be a creative director. I no, they made director. me a creative director at BBDO. But like literally Greg, Greg Hahn came to my office one day and was like, <laughs> you're a creative director. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? I guess they did some kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, whatever. You know, and I just kept, you know, but for the most part, I would just do the work. Um, and and by the way, I mean, also other amazing people in Eric's group, like, you know, yeah. Stephen Jerome, Butter sure. Jerome, yeah. uh, Dan Kelleher, Steve Rick and Grant, and, and you know, uh, Chuck So, uh, you yeah. know, they were like. Oh, was, Chuck So. Yeah, it was a, I mean, really, I mean, good, good, good people. Yeah, um, a lot of good people. But uh, 
I, uh, James, James Clooney was my James, partner. Yeah, James. Yeah. Um, and I knew him from Boston and from Minneapolis because yeah. he was at Carmichael. I was at Fallon. Yeah. And he is like a great art director. Great art great director. Great thinker. He's actually a good writer, too. I mean, yep. he writes really funny stuff. Well, I'm not better than me, but yeah, I'm, I'm not, just going to yeah. – let's, let's leave it there. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding, James. <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. No. Um, so uh, anyway, so I went with, with – uh, Ruben, Chuck, uh, and I, um, mm-hmm. and uh, Ed Zazera, who's a production yeah. guy, we went with Eric to DDB, New York, yeah. for like a kind of a, I would say like a, wow. you know, a whatever and failed attempt. And you all attempt. showed up at, at once? Pretty much, yeah. And wow. Scott Cooney came in, who I'd worked with a lot in the past. Yeah. And it was that he was dude. freelancing at that point, but he was at Fallon and, and yeah. all that. And I kind of started, Ruben and I were like kind of were crave directors on the lottery account, which is we kind of learned to be, yeah. to do that a bit, which was a good account to do it because you could it's make just, something once a month. It was kind yeah. of, I would say lower stakes compared to a lot of like, it was like big businessy, th- you know, things yeah. to deal with. And it was fun. And I think when you, you know, get into this crave director thing, like you're going to suck at it in the beginning. Yes. And I kind of, <laughs> you could be a great creative, but there's, and I think this is like, you totally know. Totally different uh, yeah, skill and, set. And I, th- and I think, you know, you've talked about this a bit, but how do you make that transition? No one teaches you. There's no handbook. Like, here's how you do it. No. Whatever got you to that point does not get you further in this. And it's <laughs> letting go of things almost feels like a betrayal to yourself to, yeah. make some of these changes yeah. and um and i just think you know for the most part you're you you know you want to do it in a place where people aren't really paying that much attention yes <laughs> if you can do it that way yeah. uh so then um do you feel like maybe you should have done it at bbdo uh when david asked no, you no because just to... my, my biggest fear of being at bbdo was being there and then being there for like too long yeah it was so comfortable they yeah. pay you well they yeah. do really good work yeah um it's, there's no, a, I'm not going to uh, say it's easy because it's there's not. There's a story of a writer who was there, and this is, this could be untrue, but uh, that he was writing a novel in his office. Yeah. And uh, one day, Monica Buchanan or somebody like her came into his office and says, hey, we've got an assignment for you. And he said, I quit. Mm. <laughs> and apparently he I mean, had I had been, to actually work on the work he'd here? He'd been working on yeah, his I book remember this, for yeah. like uh, more than a yeah. year or something. Yeah. And, and uh yeah. Nobody knew, so yeah. it was no. that kind of place back then. Yeah, could, but I, I don't think. But I, think, if you but I really to. think the people that move it along and do the things that yeah. you know they're known for are not doing that. And, yeah, you know, no, but, no. But um, but I that was, a, but I was a bygone a little, era. I'm but sure. I think the comfort of it freaked me out. Um, yeah, and so you I, didn't like the comfort. Do you like? Do you have you grown to like comfort? Um, or you still are? Uh, I like discomfort, but in a in a comfort, but knowing <laughs> I have certain comforts, I guess. Okay. Like, uh, but, and so what happened was basically, I, you know, when I went to, we knew that wasn't going to work out, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think we pitched Volkswagen. How long did it take you to know? Well, this is at so, DDB you're talking about. Yeah. About six months. So we pitched Volkswagen. Okay. I said, if we win this, which we're not, if we win it, we're good. <laughs> if we don't, it's done. And we didn't. It went to Deutsch. Yeah. Um, so then I left and I went to Crispin, Miami to ah. work with Ari Merkin to kind of reboot that office. Yeah, yeah. And so that was like really getting out of my comfort zone. Right. Um, and, and that was uh, everybody had gone to Boulder. Yeah. And it's, the Miami office, was, office is still as huge as it used to be, but there's yeah. nobody in it. Yeah. No creatives, really. There's yeah. a few of them. Um, but like. Uh, but they ran had they ran some accounts out of there. They had all their yeah. finance, a lot of infrastructure there. Yeah, 
So I went down there, um, and what we would do is they, you know, uh, we would work on the stuff that like Boulder was like losing. <laughs> yeah. Like Jose Cuervo, we're gonna lose it. You try it. So we would try and save it. Might have been one. Yeah. We'd try. We we pulled. So out you're always it. in uh, in sort of emergency mode. We did. We pitched in one MetLife. We we actually it was our pitch that we did okay. one at the cool. time. Cool. Which, but the, and the thing was was um, it was like an amazing education. Like for me, uh, what, you, what are the, some of the top things you learned there? So for one, I didn't do really any good work, uh, which um, like, <laughs> but it was fine because I was learning so many other things. I don't know how you can do it all at once. I yeah. think you, I think it's almost too much to to ask. Yeah. Uh, but at least so what it's I learned, I learned about UX. I learned about commun- comms planning. Right. Uh, culturally, I thought they were an, great. Yeah. They were really they really orientate orientated themselves around like the creative process. Like yeah. creatives didn't do timesheets. You know, obviously you worked hard. We worked like animals, but yeah. uh, but I thought the culture was so amazing. And was Rob Riley? Yeah, Rob and, Riley was yeah. there. Uh yeah. and he was really nice to me. Uh Andrew was great to me. Yeah. Um and uh and I remember like they would do these town halls and like you know, they everyone kind of gather around. They would video conference all the offices in. Yeah. And they would show all this work. And um, some of it was good. Some of it was, like, not good. Right. And they everyone would cheer equally hard for all the work. And I, I, I had trouble, like, understanding that yeah. at first. Because I was like, but it's not good. Yeah. You know? And, yeah. <laughs> and not all of it, but some of it. And, yeah. Um, and I remember when I was talking to Rob once. He's like, man, you should show some of your work in the town hall. I go, no way. It's not good enough. He goes, no, it's okay. Just, you know, I said, no, it's not good enough. And I was like all being like a, you yeah. know, rigid about it. Yeah. And then and what I realized, like, you know, what I think people were cheering for wasn't necessarily, oh, is this a great ad or not or this or that. They were cheering because they were cheering for each other. Yeah. And it was like, we're doing this thing that we love to do yeah. in places we like to be. Yeah. And- they're working for something a bit bigger than the in than the ad. Yeah, and that's culture, you know. At, at the end yes. of the day, and it it was about the work, it was about the output, but at the same time, they were. It, and I think that what I realized is there's more wins and successes than just how we kind of defined it. Right. And it's um, and I thought that was really cool. And yeah. that was one of the big things I learned. Oh, wow. I also met my wife down there, too. Okay. Kind of, a lot of people nice. have met their wives. Yeah, at, yeah. At, uh, including Rob Riley. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, I, you know, yeah. but so I learned, you know, um, that. I think that was the biggest thing I did. And Other husbands. Than, they've also met their yeah, husbands. Yeah, and vice versa. I need to say that. Um, a lot of coupling. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, so that was uh, that was a pretty interesting thing. Um, am I going too long? No, I'm, 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 I thought somebody was going to oh, um, I don't know what time. So, uh, so yeah, so I did that. And then, you know, like I said, I don't think we did like the best work, but I learned a ton. And then, um, I thought, you know, I would always go back. This is probably the time I went there. I thought I had a plan. So I was going to come back to New York. Yeah. Um, and I, there was this opportunity at Ogilvy to run American Express, yeah, and um, that was the first thing I worked on. Ogilvy Direct. Oh, really? American Express. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a you know great account. Um, so I ended up uh, going. So I ended up deciding I was gonna. Thank you. Um, yeah. I ended up so I basically, I ended up going there. Um, didn't love it. 
uh, never went in an interview and walked in, went, walked to my desk the first day and just thought to myself, I hate it. <laughs> uh, just didn't have the right vibe. And I realized, okay, there's different vibes yeah. and stuff. And I was there a little over a year. Some good people there and stuff. And I yeah. just, I had to get out. How and, do you, how do you, uh, sort of when you hate a place or when you're, when you're not satisfied, how do you not show that to everybody? And how do you, I wasn't probably, going? I probably, that was another learning experience. I probably should have been better at that. Um, <laughs> I wasn't like, I think it just, you could read it on me. Uh, yeah. I, you know, um, I, I realized, wow, I've been really lucky. You know, yeah. I've been in good situations. I'm not saying it's bad. It just wasn't for me. Right. You know, it wasn't right. for me. Yeah. Um, I think I got in, I thought I bit off more than I can chew. Um, right. And, uh, and that's when I got, when I left, I did a little bit of freelance and I ended up freelancing at BBH. Was that the first time you did freelance? Um, yeah. Yeah. That strikes me as crazy. Yeah. Now. Um, and I was mostly at Shiat. What year Mark is Filio. that? What year is that? It was like 2011-ish, 12-ish. Right. Okay. That's about uh, when I started to go freelance. Yeah. And um, it was kind of a, it was happening at that point. Everybody was freelancing. Yeah. 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 Um, and uh, I ended up uh, freelancing at BBH on a pitch. Um, and I knew Ari obviously yeah. was there and John yeah. Petrulis, yeah. who's like, great guy yeah um and uh i was i so i did this pitch we didn't win the pitch uh but they <laughs> asked me to f work on a playstation brief okay so um the, and our you know ari and john were like yeah you call you know, find a partner so i called my friend chris Myerino, who i met through bbdo and he we had free, been freelancing together yeah. and we ended up working on this this uh script and it sold and we i got to produce this playstation spot oh wow um and it was awesome. I mean, it was almost like I was so down about my Ogilvy experience because yeah. I felt like I failed, and I yeah. felt like you know, it's if something doesn't work out, it's just hard. I, I, I and I thought I thought I kind of put my career in the in the gutter. I, that's how I felt. I don't yeah. think that was the case, but you know, it all and this like getting this like yeah. it like reinvigorated me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing You're what a back. piece of work can do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. You know, getting that thing. So I got this and I produced this. And, and what during, was it? It was for PlayStation. It was for PlayStation. It was these two guys, you know, in the game world singing Perfect Day to each other. And it was for the launch of the console. Yep. yep. Um, so while I was doing that, they had won some business. And John said, Hey, would you want uh, to, if you want a job here, I could put something together for you. And I was like, Sure. And it was, it was kind of like I was home. I found like a home, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I remember he gave me the offer. It was less title I had in my two jobs, less money I made in my last two jobs. I just looked at it and signed it. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. Because yeah. I was just so glad to be in a place yeah. that a home. I, that I that people were nice. They cared about what I cared about. And I think yeah. that's, a, that's the number one most important thing. And I've been there now for a little over six years. Yeah, and, and now, um, you're the, now you're the head muckety-muck on the creative yeah, side. If you could, yeah, yeah, if you, yeah. Um, what? <laughs> yeah it's, what's that uh, like um it's it's good i mean it took me a little while to kind of, i mean i'm still kind of you know working at it yeah i mean uh i was fairly happy with my role there for a while right. um you know i uh but john left he decided to move on yeah. and so they asked me to do the role which was great i mean it was like yeah. so nice to be supported i yeah. love the agency you know and you're um, surrounding yourself with good people 
Yeah, I've, yeah, and, yeah. There's uh, definitely good people. Um, I, my boss Pella, who's like um, really nice. Um, yeah. What's interesting here is like because I report what's to the Pella's last name. So Janelle, it's like Swedish. Okay. Uh, I think I said it right. Um, but <laughs> Pella, he's just like he's he's great. He's very supportive. Um, and uh, you know, it's been interesting because we go through a lot of changes. You know, yeah. and I've had to not only get used to a new role because I think when you go from the ECD to the CCO, yeah. Like seeing yourself differently takes longer than the way everyone else sees you. Yeah. So it took me a little while to kind of understand like those letters changing, like change how everyone looks at you. Yeah, yeah. And now they look at you more than you realize. Yeah. And and I, it took me a while to understand that. I yeah. think, um, or to take you know to so, and I think I'm still working on it. Um, but you know. Your job becomes more about selling the agency and uh, the culture. Yeah. And yeah, you got to like, let your ECDs or creative directors do the uh, a lot of the hard work. Yeah. Of the, the and, stuff I, and I try to. I think we, people have a lot. We're, we're, we're not like the biggest agency, so people no. kind of punch above their weight. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I do try to Sometimes give people a lot of lead. jump in. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. I do. Um, but more to help, not to kind of be like, oh, this is how you should do it, you know? <laughs> I'm not trying um, to, I'm how not do trying I know? To, you know? It's like David Lubars. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to fuck up your spot. I'm just, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, maybe yeah. it'd be better. If you... <laughs> um, but you know, my, my, you know, I'm just trying to help, you know, they have a vision there, you know, yeah. and I didn't start the agency. Tell me but, about the whole black sheep thing. Well, it came from a, an ad that they did and they started that when BBH started, it was a black uh, denim Levi's ad, uh -huh. and it was a bunch of white sheep and one black sheep going the opposite direction. Uh -huh. And it said, "When the world zigzag, Levi's black denim." Okay. And basically, what they did a few years later, they adopted that as their logo. When the world zigzag, and right. that's sort of like our sort of operation principle, like or our proprietary process of yeah. things. So, like everyone's people doing over here, we zag over here. It's like Shine yeah. has disruption. Yeah. You know, Droga has influence. I'm not sure they still, whatever they're doing now. Massimo Goldstein's inspiring action. I don't know if you've heard of it, but there you go. It's famous. Um, and so that's our thing. And I think that's a narrative through our work. And that's what you kind of sign up. And that's how we orientate clients around how we get to our work. Yeah. Um, and uh, I like it. It's simple. It works. But for yeah. me, the, the black sheep thing, you know, people see it different. To me, it's like be yourself. You know, yeah. and I think that the one thing I always valued about BBH is when I got there was that I could be myself. Yeah. And I think that if you can be yourself, you'll do your best work. And that's how I want us to get to our best work. And that's yeah. how I want people to feel. Uh, I think no matter if you feel like you can be yourself, you'll like where you go every day. No matter what something good or bad's happening, doesn't matter. It's yeah. irrelevant if you are happy to walk to the door. And I think it starts with being yourself. Yeah. And, and they've gotten good work out of me in my career in different ways. Um, but uh, to me, when I like the people I worked for, yeah. and I felt I could be myself and bring what I bring to it, yeah. I always felt it was the best, most rewarding, most memorable. Um, and regardless of the outcome, you know, yeah. to me, that that's the best. So the black sheep for me, that's what that means. Be yourself. Um, be yourself and bring what you have to bring to something. And that's great. That's what I, that's the, that is the number one thing I look to try and like uphold there. Well, that's a great place to end uh, yeah. when we're, we're running out of time. I know you got to go. Um, how can people reach you and, and send you stuff if they want to, uh, or send something to, to BBH to sort of have you check it out or, or oh, ask yeah. you more um, about stuff? It's, uh, it, you can email me gerard.caputo 
at BartleBogleHaggerty.com if you can spell all that. Uh, uh, or LinkedIn is it's probably a, a way to look me up, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. not on Facebook or anything. Yeah, me either. Uh, but, um, but yeah, hopefully, uh, please reach out. Um, but this is great. I hope I didn't talk too much. It wasn't no, boring. it was perfect. Thank okay. you. Uh, that was great. Thank you. Yeah, really appreciate being Thanks here. Thanks for coming on. Thank you. Woo! So that was my conversation with Gerard Caputo. What a good guy. He just left. We're going to have whiskey at some point. But uh, yeah, he's over there at BBH being a, being a black sheep, zigging while everybody else zags. And I think he had a lot of interesting insights into, uh, I think his whole career has been sort of a zigging and zagging and moving around and figuring stuff out and never really knowing. But that's what we're all doing, turns out. We just like to pretend we know what we're talking about. This has been The A-List, and it's been brought to you by Ad House Advertising School. I'm Tom Christman. Thanks for listening. Please go on the iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and uh, rate rate us on there, because it's, it's good for our Google rating or whatever the heck that is. And then uh, you can subscribe to us on there as well. That way we can see all the people that are that are listening. And please share it with friends, obviously, on all the social medias and tell people about it. That would be great, too. People are doing that already. And uh, I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Greg Nichols down there in, uh, in Tennessee, Knoxville, who gave us a nice shout-out on the internets. And if you want to be interviewed for an upcoming episode, you can contact us through adhousenyc.com. You can find me on the LinkedIn at Tom Chrisman. Just look up Tom Chrisman. I'm the, the drawing of the bald guy. That's basically what I look like. And you can go to Demasimo Goldstein at digobrands.com. And the A-list is recorded at Gramercy Post. Uh, you can go to gramercypost.com and see what they're doing. They're here in the same building as us, so that's really cool. So if you come visit them, you'll come visit us as well. Our engineer and editor is Joe Webster today. And Sierra Ziegler is our producer. And Mr. Phil Harris uh, did some of the uh, research for this episode. And I just want to give a huge shout-out to Duotone Music, uh, who who did our music and that you're listening to right now, probably looped uh, because I'm just rattling on and on. But it is it is awesome. And, I, and thank you to uh, Ross Hoffman uh, and, uh, and uh, Mr. Leinhart over there, David Leinhart. You're, uh, you're good people. Thank you for doing that. You're on the A-list. You're on the A-list. Am I singing along? All right. I just made Joe's job really hard. Bye.